Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello there and welcome everybody. You have tuned in to episode number 269 of Linux in the Ham Shack, and this is our Weekender edition of Linux in the Ham Shack, which means we're going to tell you about upcoming events in the amateur radio and open source world, Linux distributions that you can try, things that you can test out. We're going to dive deeply or as deeply as we can without being arrested into hedonism and whatever else strikes our fancy on this weekender episode and i think this is weekender number 23 so we've actually done yeah quite a few of these so anyway we're going to dive right into our contests that are coming up next week but before we do that we'll introduce ourselves i'm russ k5tux i'm cheryl w5moo and i'm bill ne4rd fantastical so bill what contests yeah. are coming up next week in the amateur radio we got- world we got some contests for you here. We got uh, we got some Mexico Ritty International contests. Well, how appropriate <laughs> that we're talking about Mexican contests after we've just spent the last five minutes talking about Sotol and Mezcal and Tequila. No. Pee Wee Herman now, right? Here we go. We're going to do the Pee Wee. You realize uh, there's no, a got song Mex- named... Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Already, we're already falling off the rails. Come on. That's the best show. Screw all of you. What did I say? The Mexico Ritty International Contest. We definitely won't have any fences with this contest, but it starts on February 2nd, 1200 Zulu, and it runs to February 3rd, 2359 Zulu. It is uh, 80 through 10 meter, no work, of course. Uh, it's really only and no FT8. None of you FT8 people get in there. No, <laughs> no. it's really only. So that'll be the only mode for uh, this really contest, unlike the really roundup. So uh, check that out if you want to get your warble on this weekend. Uh, also, we have the 1010 International Winter Contest. It's a uh, single sideband only. It runs from uh, 0001 Zulu on February 2nd to 2359 Zulu on February 3rd. And of course, it's on 10 meters. And you got to use that thing with the, with the cable that you squeeze the handle and, and talk into there. So if you're, if you're not a, a microphone type person, uh, this is not a contest for you. Uh, but, uh, go ahead and give it a try and it's we'll a, see if 10 a, meters actually opens. <laughs> get some mezcal before you do it. And it'll be a much yeah, more fun contest. Some, definitely do some tequila before you do that. <laughs> Um, you need some mezcal yeah, because you got to get the worm, man. You got to have the worm. Yeah. So six <laughs> meters has been open, uh, so uh, you never know. Ten, ten probably has some openings too. So uh, yeah, definitely don't don't forget to tune that band up there and 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 tune around. Uh, anywhere from three hundred to about you know five hundred, six hundred, you're gonna definitely uh, hopefully hear somebody. 
Uh, also, we have two state QSO parties running this weekend. We have the Vermont QSO party, which runs from 0000 Zulu on February 2nd to 2400 Zulu on February 3rd. And that's running uh, 160 meters all the way up through UHF with no work bands. And it is all modes. Check out their contest page for uh, exchange information. Uh, and also, we have the Minnesota QSO party. Uh, runs 1400 Zulu to 2400 Zulu on February 2nd, so a little shorter time span, uh, but uh, they're also running 160 through 10 meters with no work and all modes. Again, check their webpage for uh, for the exchange details, which is generally county. <laughs> I guess it's just because Vermont thinks much more highly of themselves than Minnesota does, because you know Vermont's giving themselves two days, whereas Minnesota's yeah. only giving themselves 10 hours. Well, you no, know, no. it's kind of cold, you know. They don't want to they don't want to go yeah, out very long. If, if it's cold, that means people are holed up inside next to their nice warm rigs, which is know. why Vermont's doing it for oh, two yeah. days. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I think Minnesota is colder than Vermont generally speaking. Yeah, maybe. So, no. it's going to be this weekend for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's be cold for everybody this weekend, that's for sure. Well, no, it's supposed to be cold here during well, the week. Well, right, tomorrow, tomorrow. yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that'd be before this goes out. Anyway, <laughs> as we're talking, it's freezing cold. That's yeah. right. It's freezing cold. Time parallax or whatever. <laughs> so next weekend, we also have a couple of contests going on. Uh, the CQ Worldwide Ritty WPX contest from Z-Zero, Z-Zero's, akin to the temperature, Zulu on February 9th to 2359 Zulu on February 10th. Uh, don't don't do it in that last minute on February 10th because it won't count. Um, uh, these are from uh, 80 to 10 meters. No work bands, of course. And this is a ready contest, so it's only ready. No FT8, just ready. Uh, the the ready roundup's going to ruin it for everybody on the FT8 thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, of course, a link to the contest information will be in the show notes. And there's also the AWRL School Club roundup which is going to be from 1300 Zulu on February 11th to 2359 Zulu on February 15th. So you got a lot of time to work all those school clubs. Very good. It's going to be on all bands, no work, and no 60 meter. So you can't work 60 meter. Probably, I don't, I don't know why they exclude 60 meter, but okay, fine. <laughs> they do. Uh, it's all modes. <laughs> and, uh, of course, link to contest information will be on the show notes. So there you go. All right, Cheryl, you want to do... Uh, the first special event sure okay do the first special event okay so our first special event is groundhog day special event groundhog day <laughs> over and over and over again <laughs> yeah look for the annual groundhog day special event station k3hwj to be active on saturday february 2nd around 9 a.m and 4 p.m eastern standard time or possibly later depending on band conditions at the time Suggested frequencies are 40 meters on or about 7185 kilohertz, give or take about 5 kilohertz, or 20 meters on or about 14325 kilohertz, give or take about 5 kilohertz. 80 meters is a possible backup, but is not planned at this time. They will offer a certificate for a self self addressed stamped envelope. Don't drive angry! <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Ned? Ned Ryerson? All right. Stop. We gotta watch now we gotta watch, <laughs> watch Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Yeah. Oh, this is a fantastic <laughs> film. Gotta say it though. Uh hey, I, I can quote Groundhog Day all night long. But anyway. Because you love the movie. It is a fantastic film. Bill, take us through the AM rally. 
Yeah, we got the third AM rally is this weekend. The third a- annual AM rally is just ahead. This, the event, which aims to encourage the use of AM on 160, 80, 40, 20, 15, 10, and 6 meters, gets underway at 0000 UTC on Saturday, February 2nd. Uh, that's Friday, February 1st in the U.S. time zones. And it continues until 0700 UTC on Monday, February 4th. The AM rally is open to any radio amateurs running full carrier amplitude modulation using any type of radio equipment, modern vintage tube, solid state software defined military boat anchor, broadcast, homebrew, or commercial. Numerous transceivers in use today offer AM capability. A lot of hams enjoy restoring and using vintage uh, amateur radio equipment. The event website has com- has complete AM rally details, contact information, award categories, logging, and tips on how to get the most out of your station equipment in AM mode. And that is over on the ARRL's website. And Actually you can find that link in the show notes. Kind of fun because I don't do almost any work on true AM. So... Yeah, it's kind of fun to work actual AM because I know my rig can do AM. It just I think I've tried once. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a couple. I mean, there's like a calling frequency on all the bands, and you know, occasionally I'm like, oh, I'll turn on AM and go to like I don't even remember, like seventy one ninety or something like that comes to mind. Maybe it's seventy one sixty. I can't even remember now. But uh, yeah, you know, you can use it to hear the the broadcast stations, but you can also talk on it. It's amazing. I know. Fantastic. And nobody actually does that anymore, probably because single sideband uses half the bandwidth. Yeah, and it, it reduces your uh, signal down to uh, a quarter of the power. <laughs> yeah, and there's no full-time carrier. You know, there's just all kinds of reasons not to use AM, unless you're in the AM rally. <laughs> yeah. All right, so moving on from our contests and special events. Run, okay! <laughs> uh, let's move on to announcements. I'll I'll run through these real quick. Uh, as we mentioned in the last episode, we would really like for people to provide us with some deep dive topics that you'd like to hear about. Uh, we will continue to do our best to dig up our own and uh, do interviews wherever possible and dive into topics that we think are relevant both in the amateur radio and open source worlds and where those two disciplines intertwine. But if you have a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at lhspodcast.info. You can comment on a post on the website. You can send us a voicemail at one nine zero nine five four seven seven four six nine. There's lots of ways to get in touch, of course, with social media as well. So please hit us up with some topics. We would love to hear from you. And I would also like to mention that Hamvention 2019 is not actually that far away. It starts on, I think it's the 17th or 16th, 16th of or May. And that means that we will be firing up our GoFundMe or whatever site we're using this year for, for doing fundraising uh, really soon. Of course, as soon as that happens, the, you know, it'll be published everywhere. And we really hope that you'll be able to send a couple of dollars our way to build our fund up to the point where we can actually make it out to Hamvention again this year. I think, I think this may actually be year number 10. So we've gone? I think so. Well, Bill's, Bill would have been there three years now if we go this year. Yeah, and it may be nine. It may be ten. So I, I know we're right in there somewhere. I don't know. I don't remember exactly. I know we had to skip one, and then there was kind of some weirdness and stuff. But um, we would certainly like to be out there with everybody. We actually have our hotel rooms booked, so we got as far as that. But then, of course, there's booth rent and all the other expenses involved with getting out there. So you know how this all works. We've done it you know, for years and years and years. So... 
as soon as that is available and the site is chosen and the fundraiser is actually live, we'll make sure to let everybody know. And we certainly hope to be able to see everyone out in Xenia again this year. And I know it'll be a loads of fun if we can. You missed an announcement. I did. About the day. About what day? Oh, the day before. No, 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 no. Well, there's that too, but about podcast day. Podcast day. Monday versus Monday. Oh, that thing. Yeah. yeah, that thing. <laughs> we, we just yeah, discussed I, I told that. you I don't remember yesterday. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, so. Um, okay, for, start, I guess we'll, start, we'll, start with the Hamvention. Yeah, we'll thing cover first. them both. Right. Okay, so on the Wednesday before Hamvention, we will be traveling, of course, through you know various states on our way to Ohio. And one of those states is Indiana. And as we did last year, we will be stopping in Mooresville, Indiana, which is just southwest of Indianapolis, and we will be having dinner at Zydeco's Cajun Restaurant in Mooresville, Indiana. And this is our invitation to anyone who's listening to this to come and hang out with us and go to Mooresville and to go to Zydeco's and to have some fantastic Cajun food uh, with our always gracious host and fellow amateur radio operator k9kjn wow hutch. you remembered this time <laughs> yes i actually know what his call sign is hutch will be so proud I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> who is the proprietor of said establishment and we're working on getting some folks that i know from other communities to join us there so we're hoping for a really really big turnout on may 15th which is the Wednesday before Hamvention. So if you're anywhere near Indianapolis, Indiana, can join us on that night in Mooresville. We would really love to have you there, and we can make it a fantastic event before we all trundle off to Hamvention 2019. And we have we have the mission of getting his wife convinced that she should get a license too. Oh, that, yep. So there's yeah. even more reason. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's still saying she's just going to beat beat the zombies over the head with Hutch's radio, but you know. <laughs> Beat the zombies, yeah, with, with Hutch. Yeah, well, there you go. There's that, too. Fire cage and food out of something. You know? I don't know. Some of that tassel could probably take down a zombie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going prepared with, like, Pepto and, you know, all kinds of stuff to fight the heartburn. So, oh yeah, the, the spicy shrimp you had last time. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the, ta- the shrimp is I can do okay on the shrimp. It's that tasso seasoned pork that just tears me up. It wasn't as bad uh, uh. this year. I I survived because usually I'm in the front seat of the car five minutes later crying, going, "Oh God, please stop and get some thumbs." <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> It was awesome because they had all those like you could get like the little small bowls of everything. Oh, and yeah, you try the, the everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, Hutch, the tasting size yeah, stuff. Hutch does that awesome. specific, yeah, Hutch does that specifically for us because it's yeah. not it's not really offered on the menu. But no, every I think time, it is. Is it? Because like, yeah, I think it I, is. Okay, it might be the first the first time we were in there. He was like, "So what do you want?" We're like, "I don't know what's good." And he's like, "I'll be back in a second. It came back with a huge tray of stuff. And well, like, I will say that you know. some of the stuff is available in tasting sizes, but yeah. not everything. Not right. everything. And, but and like, he but will, like all the gumbo and right. stuff like right. that. that was, but he'll, um, when we're there, he'll pretty much provide you with anything, anything you, you want. want right. so. Yeah. And when we were there this last year, they usually have crawfish around that time in May. But apparently, they only, of all of the crawfish they ordered, they only got one one bag of crawfish or one box of crawfish or whatever. So they specifically reserved all of that crawfish for Russ and Bill and I. 
<laughs> well, and presumably for all the other people who are going to join us who didn't. Right, that didn't, right. So, but, yeah, you know, and Hutch sat at the table and gave everybody a crawfish eating lesson. Cheryl got a pass because he's like, I'm not going to make you do this because it's, <laughs> it's kind of gross. It, it, it really is kind of gross. Yeah. Suck, <laughs> suck those heads. Yummy. Suck the heads. <laughs> bunch of head suckers. Yep. <laughs> So, yeah, please join us on May 15th. Um, it'll probably be around 6 o'clock, 6 to 7 o'clock, somewhere in there when we're at the restaurant. So. And we'll post more details oh, yeah. when it gets closer. Yep. So. Absolutely. All right. Now, podcast and, and one final yeah, uh, announcement that we have is we're taking a poll. I'll probably put this out there on Patreon and on the website as an actual poll to see if we can get a bunch of feedback on it. But if you want to email or provide us feedback in some other way, that's fine. We are seriously considering whether we should continue to record on Monday nights or move our recordings to Sunday night. And we would like to hear from you which night is actually better for you. And if we have a lot of people who prefer Sunday night recordings, because we'd like to have as many people listen to the podcast live as possible, then we will move to Sunday nights instead of Monday. So if, if it was better for you to listen to Linux and the Hamshack live on Sunday night recording, which will free up your Monday nights, uh, I know there are a lot of like local nets and things that happen on Monday nights and, um, you know, local school and kids events and things that happen on Monday nights. And so it might be better for all of us if we record on Sundays. So we would like to have your feedback. So once those polls are up or if you just want to email us or contact us on Discord or in IRC or through Twitter or whatever that you prefer one night or the other, please let us know and then we will adjust accordingly. And we may move the time up if it's recorded on Sunday. Right. There, there may be a slight time change, but it'll be, you know, sort of roughly in the same uh, early evening time frame. So, all right. And that is all of that. So moving on from our announcements, we're going to jump into this weekend in open source. And Bill is going to tell us about you a, missed the radio challenge. Oh, radio did challenge. I? I skipped the radio challenge. I did. <laughs> I am just jumping all over the place. I'm like a little grasshopper. <laughs> so the Linux and the Hamtech Ham Radio Challenge for this week is, and this is only because I got a message from Logbook of the World, uh, to update your Logbook of the World certificate if you haven't done so already or if you need to. And uh, while you're at it, go to your eqsl.cc inbox and see if you've missed anything. Maybe somebody needs a QSL card from you. Uh, if you're involved in doing digital QSL cards, uh, make sure to check all of the places that you do digital QSLing and make sure to send those responses back so people have all their QSL info. There you go. All right. Now, am I okay to like move on to the thing? I, I don't know. Did you miss anything else? No, I don't think so. All right. Just checking. I'm sure I'm going to get it pointed out if I did. So, <laughs> well, duh, that's my job. So, switching gears over to open source, Bill's going to tell us about a very colorful Linux distribution to tie. That's right. We're talking about Parrot. And not just any old bird. We're talking about a Parrot distribution, which is uh, is built from the Debian test branch. Parrot 4.5 is officially released, and there are some major changes under the hood. Uh, it's 2019 now, and computers that are not capable of running 64-bit operating systems are crap. Oh, wait, no, are mostly legacy computers that are not capable of running modern and complex applications. Well, that's probably a stretch. Uh, additionally, many programs and frameworks no longer are available for uh, 32-bit x86 systems. So uh, they just wanted you to know that they are only releasing 64-bit images. And Parrot is, uh, is, is a, uh, it's like a security distribution. It's, uh, it's professional tools for security testing and software development and privacy defense 
all in one place. So this is an interesting distribution. I know we've talked about it in the past. Uh, I think along with what Callie and something else uh, that come to mind uh, when we went over some of these uh, Debian built distributions. But uh, if you're interested in getting some, uh, you know, a build that has all the tools for doing like network penetration testing and uh, all the other kinds of security, fun uh, digital forensics and reverse engineering and stuff like that, have a look over at uh, at Parrot Security, and uh, you, you won't be disappointed in, in all the stuff that you can find and 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 find of interest there. And it looks like they are actually up to four point five point one right now. So uh, I didn't actually try this, but I have run it in the past, and it's it's a Debian distribution. I mean, it, it, everything just works. So <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I'd use it for a daily driver specifically, um, but uh, but I don't see why you wouldn't. It, uh, it's it's a great uh, great little uh, compilation of uh, of all the Debian packages that you could want. All right, very good. Security focused distributions are always nice, especially if you need to have something that's in that space. But otherwise, it should work like a normal Debian distribution. Yeah, and since can... we base all of our discussion on Debian based distributions, that'll sort of fit right in our wheelhouse for operating amateur radio. Yeah, and you can put the ham radio pure blend packages right on there as well. So uh, should have no problem. That's true because it's based on the testing branch, and that's where those pack those meta packages reside. So very good. All right, moving on, we're going to talk about open source events coming up in the next week or two. Uh, and in the first week, we have one that we mentioned in the last Weekender episode uh, that will be coming up very, very soon now, and that is FOSDEM uh, 2019. It's an unconference that happens in Brussels, Belgium, from February 2nd to the 3rd. And what FOSDEM is, is a free and open source developers European meeting. It is the free event for software developers to meet, share ideas, and collab. There are no tickets or registration. The event features two main tracks, lightning talks, mini conferences in the form of developer rooms, and dozens of FOSS projects stands in an open exhibition. And that is FOSDEM over in Brussels, Belgium. So check that out if you have the opportunity to be in Central Europe and can check it out. And then the week after that, we have Developer Week, which is actually going on in San Francisco, California. It's a group of conferences that happen sort of simultaneously and under the umbrella of developer week but i picked out a specific part of developer week that was called i don't remember what it was called it was called (laughs) something to do with programming anyway um popular programming yeah popular programming that was it and this part actually has lots of different programming technologies included in it including like c plus plus and javascript and things like that and stuff to do with iot and embedded systems and all of that but it also involves python and other things which can be considered part of the open source community so i thought i would throw this in there uh, the popular programming and develop uh, the popular programming part of developer week i believe happens on wednesday but the entire week is from february 20th through the 24th of 2019 and according to their website, it's San Francisco's largest developer conference and event series with dozens of week-long events, including the Developer Week 2019 Conference and Expo, a thousand plus attendee hackathons, a thousand plus attendee tech hiring expo, and a series of workshops, open houses, drink ups, and yeah, this is lead nicely into the next topic. Uh, citywide events across San Francisco because developer week covers all new technologies. The conference and workshops invite you to get into lessons 
more advanced tips and tricks on technologies like VR dev, artificial intelligence dev, blockchain dev, IoT dev, serverless technology, microservices technology, new JavaScript frameworks, and more. It's all kinds of dev. So if you're into dev, check out Developer Week. And finally, in open source, one quick challenge. Challenge to report or help stomp a bug in an open source project you happen to use. Now, stomping bugs may be outside of your ability, but reporting them is definitely not. And a lot of bugs go unreported. So if you're using a software package and you find a bug in it, absolutely report it because you can't stomp a bug if it's not reported and no one knows it exists. So there you go. I should do more of that myself because I found a few things that should be reported and I am negligent. Shame on you. (laughs) I look at bugs all day long. I don't want to see anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I kind of know how you feel, actually. All right, so moving on from our open source and amateur radio topics for tonight, all those special events and great things that we've talked about already, we're going to move on to hedonism, <gasps> which is our favorite topic of the it evening. Is, so. <laughs> so with that, we're going to toss it over to Cheryl, and she's going to give us her recipe of this week. All righty then. So over this last weekend, we had several friends over for a wine, food, and games event. We asked our friends to bring a bottle of their favorite wine. We added a few bottles of our favorites which included some raspberry mead from Pirtle Winery in Weston, Missouri, and Moscato, which is a Moscato from Jolly Creek Winery in Platte City, Missouri. We provided food, which included lots of cheeses, purchased uh, Cabot Creamery in Vermont when we visited, and a few made from sheep's milk from Green Dirt Farms in Weston, Missouri. Can you tell we've been in Weston, Missouri lately? So anyway, Russ and I are huge fans of baked brie. So tonight, I give you my recipe for baked brie which includes a package of frozen puff pastry, an 8-ounce wheel of brie, and leave the rind on that. Uh, Optional is some toasted nuts, um, preserves, apricot, raspberry, strawberry are good. These are optional as well. Uh, You'll need some slices of baguette bread, well-toasted, because we'll be spreading cheese on them, and slices of apple or pear, some sort of firm fruit. Um, And you... Let your puff pastry thaw for a little while, uh, long enough to, that it's pliable, and wrap it around um, your 8-ounce wheel of brie. I actually used a 1-pound wheel of brie this weekend, which Russ and I are currently snacking on right now, but we also had 15 people at our house, so it, there wasn't much of it left, but a little bit. Um, you go ahead and wrap it up. If you decide to put the preserves or nuts on it, you can put that on before you wrap it up in the pastry. Uh, just place it on top of the cheese and wrap the pastry up so it kind of looks like a, a bag or, you know, something. Decorate it if you like um, and bake it for 20 to 25 minutes at 425 and then remove it from the oven and let it stand for about 10 minutes so you're not dealing with a molten hot mess. Um, now, Russ and I do not use the nuts inside or the preserves on the inside. We just wrap it in the pastry and then drizzle honey and toasted almonds on top. So, so what do you think of the brie? I thought the brie was really good. Okay. You okay? <laughs> yes, I'm fine. Thank right. you. I appreciate <laughs> you asking, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what you're pointing out or what. So, <laughs> uh, nope. uh, it's okay. okay. I'm fine. So, All right. Yeah. The big brie is actually really good. Uh, we still have some of it 
here next to us that we're snacking on on, on our little uh, toast points, our little baguette, uh, toasted baguettes there. And so, apples. So. And apples, yes. Yeah. So if you just want a nice little, you know, crudite or whatever, right. you know. It's very good, and it doesn't require a lot of effort either. You just kind of wrap it in puff pastry, it's throw it in the oven, oven yeah. drizzle some stuff on it, and voila. <laughs> Ta-da. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's it goes really well with wine. So, yeah, if you just if you want to have like a wine and cheese night, it's a perfect thing. So, because it goes with any type of wine. Uh, yeah, so. pretty much. Because brie is just a really great cheese. All right. So with that, we'll move on to my drink corner. Used to be my whiskey corner. Now it's my drink corner. But it turns out that I am actually drinking a whiskey tonight. And I know I teased this, I think, two months ago, maybe on the last episode we did of 2018 or the one before that. I don't remember which one. But I said it was the one where I did tin cup instead of this. Right. And I said that I, I was going to do my favorite bourbon, and then I didn't. <laughs> so now I'm actually going to do my favorite bourbon. And I have a bottle of it actually in my hand right now, and I'm going to try not to spill any more of it. This is, weirdly enough, a mass market, like, widely available bourbon. It's not one of those ones that's super hard to find. It's not one of those ones that everybody, like, raves about incredibly because you can't get it and you have to be friends of every store owner in town to actually get a bottle of it and all that kind of stuff. This stuff, you can actually go probably to your local liquor retailer and pick up a bottle of. Uh, it retails for about 60 to $65 a bottle, depending on taxes in your area. And what it is, is Old Forester 1920 edition. This is the Prohibition-style bourbon. According to the bottle, it says, During Prohibition, only six Kentucky distilleries were granted permits to bottle bourbon for medicinal purposes. Brown Foreman, maker of Old Forester, secured permit Kentucky-3, and in 1920, the first bottles under this permit were produced. And to match the usual barrel proof of that bourbon after maturation, it is presented at 115 proof. This is the third expression in the Old Forester Whiskey Review or Whiskey Row series. Uh, it's the only one of those that I've actually tried. I, I sort of bought this by accident at a store we happen to be at. Uh, there are several different expressions of Old Forester there, and I picked this one up out of the lineup for no real reason because i would never had it before and it turned out to be the best thing i ever did because it's absolutely my favorite bourbon ever to this point a few details on this uh the mash bill is 72 percent corn 18 percent rye and 10 percent malted barley and despite that sort of high rye figure that 18 percent rye which would be considered you know a high in the mash bill that's not actually considered a rye whiskey it doesn't really taste like it. It's 115 proof, which is 15.57.5% alcohol. It comes from Kentucky, USA, the headquarters of Brown and was it Brown Foreman? Yes. Yeah. Uh, are in Louisville. I'm not sure where the distillery actually is. Uh, the color on it is a deep, rich mahogany color. It's a beautiful color. I don't know if it's color added or not. They don't specify. The nose on it is pretty amazing. It smells like chocolate, like baker's chocolate, creme brulee, or to some maybe burnt sugar, uh, maybe even burnt brown sugar. It has a really molassesy kind of nose to it. Butterscotch, a little clover, definitely some banana. There's some dark fruit notes in there, 
And the only reason I know dark fruits is because I've actually tried plum, even though I don't like it. You can definitely get the sense of the dark fruit in there. And caramel, which is a pretty typical character for a bourbon. On the taste, you get some of those things and some different things. You get caramel very forward because bourbon aged in oak casks has a very caramel presence to it. That's pretty typical. The creme brulee is also in there, but there's an essence of a nuttiness, too. Whether it's a walnut or a pecan, I can't really pick out. It's just a general sort of nuttiness to it. You also get molassesy brown sugar. It's very strong, very prominent. You get a little bit of the oak dryness, the barrel bitterness from the aging process. That's definitely in there, especially toward the end of the tasting. And there's also a tiniest hint of coffee as well. And on the finish, as you sort of let all of those flavors subside, what's left on your tongue is a little bit of the nuttiness, some of the barrel bitterness, and then a lingering bit of the caramel, a little bit of pepper, and some general spice. You could call it all spice. You could call it a mix of just sort of some spiciness, which is probably like fleeting notes of that 18% rye content, which stays on your tongue and then slowly disappears. And I have to say, this is actually one of the most interesting and immediately enjoyable bottles of bourbon I've ever had. And nothing quite hits my palate like this does, which makes it absolutely my favorite because there's always some subtleties, some total differences as you try it. Every time you open the bottle, it's a little different, but it has some of the the same characteristic notes. So it's a fantastic dram. And if you go and look on the internet for reviews of this particular bourbon, the 1920 Prohibition style, almost everyone will say, it's a great bourbon. It's fantastic. I liked it the second I tried it. I didn't have to warm up to it. I didn't have to learn to like it. It was just immediately approachable and immediately, you know, excellent. So I'm not the only one who feels this way about this. like I said, you can pick it up about $60, $60 or upwards of 65 depending on taxes in your area. And I would recommend that if you're a bourbon drinker and you have not tried this, you absolutely must. And even if you're a novice drinker, you don't have to worry about the fact that this is bottled at 115 proof. Add a couple of drops of water to it, it'll bring it down. We'll drop any of that ethanol note, and you'll still have an amazing complex bourbon to taste. I've never given a spirit, you know, a 100 on a scale of 100, and I'm not going to give this one that either because you never know, you could find something that's even better, but I'm definitely going to give it the highest mark that I've ever given because it is absolutely my favorite. So I'm going to give it a 99. Wow. So (laughs) so if you can get this, which you should be able to, it's not that hard to find. It's from a major bottler, a major distiller. It's not limited release. Go out and get you some Old Forester 1920 Prohibition style straight bourbon whiskey. I'm rating it 99 for $60. It's it's almost impossible not to have in your collection. So do it. Old Forester uh, is in the same building that it started in as Brown Foreman. Yeah. In 1870 in Louisville, Kentucky. All right. Very good. So I was not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I'm I'm waiting for the thing that comes along that's actually better than this, and then it will get that hundred. You know, you know, but, you understand that you can give 
you can have like three or four that gets on right oh no no i, I know okay I know. I, I, there's nothing that I, I mean because if you give something 100 out of 100 you're saying it's perfect right you know it's like the yeah you can't get the any 99 is pretty close to perfect and i would say this is pretty close to perfect almost yep. perfect yeah so that's why it gets a 99 all right that's it so bill do you have something i wish i did <laughs> you know I'm, 2019 uh, I, I kind uh, of water and, yeah i'm on the water kick right now so uh yeah i'm doing tap water it's very nice it's uh room temperature on the garden hose <laughs> yeah 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 i'm on kind of like a self-imposed diet i've kind of uh gone a little uh out of my uh normalcy well you could you could review a cigar you had recently well, I, I have lots of stars. That's, that's the thing. So uh, I will. I'm going to come up with something the next time on uh, probably it'll probably be a cigar because I'm not quitting that. But uh, <laughs> I've quit just about everything else. Right. <laughs> Eating, drinking, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> the normal stuff that you actually enjoy. Uh, but uh, I do I do have uh, I do have a cigar here that I'm going to smoke. So I can't review it yet, but it's the uh, let me open open it up out of the back i bought this while i was in florida and this is a camacho original corojo six years aged in what is it something something i can't even read it my eyes are so bad new glasses <laughs> but yeah now nah, it's just i'm getting old i'm probably gonna need readers soon okay you don't have bifocals yet no, I don't. No, not yet. I Bill's probably a will soon. Compared to us, he's the same age. <laughs> wow, I've worn. I am wearing trifocals right now, and I've worn them for three years. <laughs> I'm still only with bifocals. Well, I'm, I'm not that bad. I can work. I can read the computer screen fine. It's just uh, some stuff I can't read at all. And of course, this is weird fonts, dark colors, and a dark room. I'm in my basement, so. So yeah, I will I will report back next time on this uh this uh cigar that uh, is from Camacho and I, I smoked like three or four other Camacho cigars while I was in Florida. So I don't really buy those by the box and uh I, I I just I don't know, I just haven't really ordered them in singles before and when I was down there I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll just I pick up some Camachos." You know, I definitely wanted the the triple Maduro. And if you're a fan of Maduro cigars, wow, the Camacho Triple Maduro is awesome. Um, I smoked like three or four other Camachos while I was down there, and uh, I'm yet to find a bad. So I'm kind of I kind of reserved this one for last, and uh, I brought this home with me to smoke. So uh, I will smoke it up, and I will uh, I will report back next time. Right, sounds good. So. Normally, we would be wrapping up the episode at this point, but I actually found some music to play, so we're going to play some music. Wow. Uh, music! Yeah, it's been a long time since there's been any music on this podcast, but we're going to do some tonight. And what we're going to play is something I dug up on Jamendo, of course, because that's where we find all our music. This is Halfway Home by a group called Forget the Whale. This is off their album Take to the Skies. I got it off Jamendo, and... They actually have a presence on Facebook. A link to their Jamendo stuff and their Facebook profile will, of course, be in the show notes. This runs a hair over four minutes. The group is from Jersey City, New Jersey in the United States, and this came out back in April of 2018. So it's uh, got a few months on it, but it's not too old yet. And it has a nice sort of rocky ska feel. 
So I actually kind of enjoyed this, and I actually listened to quite a few tracks by Forget the Wheel, and they were all pretty enjoyable. So we'll do this one, and then we'll check on out for episode number 269. So here's Halfway Home by Forget the Whale. Well, it's a halfway home for broken-hearted souls. I know it's tough, but if it matters all that much, I'll get the door.
And that was Halfway Home by Forget the Whale from back in April of 2018. A group out of Jersey City, New Jersey. All right, so that's it. We're going to wrap this up. This has been episode number 269 of Linux in the Ham Shack. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll hit you up with a deep dive episode for episode number 270. Tune in for that in one, well, not one week's time, but in a very short time. You'll- <laughs> Yeah, Bill's got to get on it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We, we've all got to get on it. We've <laughs> step up our game here a little bit. But anyway, we'll catch you next time. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008 stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out. in the ham shack and the linux in the ham shack logo are released under a creative commons attribute non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license